G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, love to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and the Managing Director of the ACL is Martin Isles. Martin's back with us. Martin, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Good to be back. Hey, Martin, let's start with what I think is a very, very significant story. And uh, we were talking about this some weeks back, and there's been all sorts of things that have been happening in the meantime. But Israel Folau had his first game of rugby league on the weekend with the Southport Tigers. This is pretty significant, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is pretty significant, Neil. Um, It's uh, great to see him playing football on Australian soil for the first time since he was dismissed by Rugby Australia. Uh, And that's what this represents. And full credit to Clive Palmer, uh, who saw the issues at stake here and got Israel on board with the Southport Tigers. Uh, And I understand it was a good night with the Southport game and that the Southport Tigers won. So that's a nice way to come back. Uh, And he had quite a lot of supporters in the crowd holding up their signs and whatnot. Uh, A number of them were the local ACL people there. Uh, and so it was really, really good to see. So uh, it's nice to see that there is that opportunity for Israel. You know, sadly, although the other side of that is that so far the top-level um, NRL and Rugby Australia um, codes just haven't allowed him uh, to play at that level. Um, and uh, as a result, he's probably going to end up playing uh, for Japan in 2022. But, of course, that works out all right because Japan's in the same time zone as Australia. And so it just makes it uh, easier for him to commute uh, to be with family and uh, especially uh, relatives that are unwell, which is the reason he came back to Australia. So nice to see things sort of working out well for, for Lau after what has been a very challenging few years in which... He posted a Bible verse, was kicked out of the code, and uh, kicked out of his career, but he nonetheless had the courage of his convictions to say, well, I, I can't back down, I can't say I was wrong. So really an inspiring guy. In one sense, you'll look at that as an example of Christian persecution here in Australia, the idea that you might be exiled from the country to continue your sporting career. From what I understand, Martin, he'll be able to play for Japan and here in Australia. Is this a foot in the door, do you think, uh, to a comeback here in a, in a full sense at the highest levels in Australia? Yes, look, it could be. Uh, there's there's some um, merit in the idea that uh, if he came back and played at what they call the sub-district level, which is what he's at at the moment, then that puts him in the running to go on to play, uh, you know, in one of the top clubs. And also, it just it just has a little bit of, you know, bloodletting, if you like, with some of the controversy and media, media storm. You know, it gets some of that out of the way by bringing him in at that lower level before he bumps up and that 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 was considered to be an open possibility um but uh unfortunately that has not yet happened so you know i'm not saying it won't change but uh you know the sponsors and rugby australia and the nrl i can say that they are absolutely fixated almost obsessively uh, on keeping him out. And so, as you say, Neil, it's an example of somebody who effectively, for their Christian faith, um, lost their career in Australia 
and has been forced overseas. I would just say this. There is a popular myth out there that there was a clause in his contract that said he wasn't allowed to post on social or whatever. None of that is true. So, you know, this isn't this isn't him. This was never him being reckless. It was genuinely a case of, uh, you know, the, the powers that be moving against him for what he said in an unjustified way. So, yeah, look, but, you know, I think in all of these things, God has his way. And um, I can see uh, God's hand. Well, we see Rugby Australia and the NRL are struggling <laughs> big time, but also God has his hand on Israel, I think, and um, and uh, his circumstances working out quite nicely, all things considered. You mentioned full credit to Clive Palmer for his role uh, because he basically jumped in as a backer of Israel Folau and uh, said, I'll pick up any of the legal bills that it takes to get you back playing here in Australia. Uh, any thoughts there uh, for Clive Palmer? Was this a, a sense of, you know, an opportunism moment uh, to score some political points backing Israel Folau? Or do you think there's, uh, you know, there's something different there? Clive sees something that was certainly an injustice and decided he'd wanted to write it. How do you see the Clive Palmer involvement? Well, initially I wondered how political it was, Neil. I sort of shared everyone's thoughts on that, I think, because Clive is a guy who has dabbled in politics and all the rest of it. Uh, and I wondered whether that was the case. I must say I've come around to the position that I think that the bigger driving force with Clive uh, was a desire to write what he saw as an injustice. And um, uh, looking, hearing him speak about the issue, uh, looking at him do a few interviews uh, and hearing some other things, it's very, very clear to me that he really does see the principle at stake. He, he keeps on saying this is bigger than Israel Folau, this is bigger than football. Uh, you know, he said, I swear on the Bible when I went into Parliament. He says, you know, churches read the Bible every Sunday. Uh, and here's a man who shares what is effectively a Bible verse, and look what happens to him. He said, this is way beyond uh, the, the, the footy scene. This is an issue of religious freedom. This is an issue of what it means to be Australian. It's an issue of democracy and free speech. And I, I really have seen him uh, come around to a view uh, that this is more about the principle. And not only that, he's very happy for Israel to go and play in Japan next year. Uh, and the very fact that he's happy for that to happen shows that it wasn't a self-interested move to get Israel into his uh, orbit for the long haul. Uh, and so uh, I do think, you know, Clive Palmer, uh, there you go, uh, hat tip to the man. I think we need much more, uh, many more people who are prepared to stand by their conviction. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are afraid, a lot of people who are cowed by the pressure of sort of woke activists, and there's lots of people in corporate Australia who won't speak up for fear of reputation or for fear of money or career. You know, the NRL won't stand up, the clubs won't stand up, the rugby won't stand up. It's just really sad to see all of that sort of thing. And then when Clive comes through and says, well, I'm going to stand up, or when Israel Folau says, well, no, I'm not going to delete the post, I'm going to stand up, I think it's wonderful to see. Uh, and I would say that Israel just seems to be an example of someone who proves to us all that when it comes our turn to stand up, our turn to have the courage of our convictions, I think God does look after us in the long term. And Israel's been through his challenges, and, uh, and look how it's working out for him now. It's really good to see. Let's turn some attention to Western Australia. There's some concerns there growing within the Christian community in WA as people learn more about the conversion therapy law that Premier Mark McGowan has promised to introduce in WA. Uh, we were talking about this lots in the lead-up to the recent WA election and then a landslide victory for Mark McGowan. Uh, what are your thoughts here as to what's coming in WA? 
This is very concerning, Neil, I think for all parents um, in general uh, and also in particular for the Christian and faith communities in Western Australia. Uh, Mark McGowan looks set to do what Daniel Andrews did, which is uh, off the back of massive popularity, put through some laws which are quite alarming and they're very ominously titled conversion therapy laws. And of course, everybody goes, ooh, uh, well, of course, we can't be against that. Uh, it's really important to note, though, that, you know, conversion therapy, as they call it, is a dinosaur. It's extinct. Um, and nonetheless, they want to put these laws through because the devil is in the detail. They're not really laws that just outlaw what we think of when we think of conversion therapy, you know, electric shocks and revulsion therapies and I don't know what else, terrible stuff from the past. Um, it, it's not really about that. What these laws actually do is that they criminalise any conduct that can be interpreted as inducing someone to suppress their transgender identity or their homosexual identity. Now, that sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but some examples of that would include a pastor preaching from the Bible or even just reading the Bible about God's plan for gender or sexuality. And the Bible says a lot about those things. Uh, you know, that would be potentially a criminal offence and it carries up to 10 years in jail under definition. Now, that's not me saying that. Plenty of law professors uh, and legal analysts have done work on this and said that's correct. Even the, uh, even the Law Institute of Victoria and the Australian Medical Association of Victoria, when the laws went through there, raised serious concerns. Or indeed, a person praying for another person uh, in this area of gender identity, sexual orientation, etc. Um, that is actually a specifically listed example in the text of the bill as a criminal act. So this is the first time that prayer has been criminalised in Australia's history. Um, or even a parent, any parent, not just a Christian parent, but a parent who might say to a child who believes they might be gen transgender or they might have an issue of gender identity, if the parent encourages that child to wait before going on to irreversible treatments, which is what happens, uh, if they encourage them to wait, which is good counsel because uh, so many, I think 80 to, well, not I think, definitely 80 to 90% of these children, uh, re re uh, uh, they resolve their uh, gender identity confusion in time. Um, and unfortunately, encouraging that child to wait, well, what do we say? Well, that's inducing someone to suppress their transgender identity under the terms of the bill. Therefore, that's a criminal offence. And the punishment is up to 10 years in jail. Uh, it is really insane. I think this is the biggest threat to liberty and freedom that Australia has seen yet. And it is slowly rolling out in the various states. Now, it might not be enforced tomorrow. But it is a law that is on the books, ready to be enforced against parents and faith communities. Not only that, people can report each other. You know, a neighbour could report a parent, for example, under the terms of this bill. It's really, really severe. And I just want people to be fully aware of what is going on here. And I know Mark McGowan is a very popular man. I know he's very well liked for his handling of coronavirus. But there is another agenda bubbling under the surface that is much quieter that much less is said about, and it is real. 
Um, and uh, this is something that Christians need to be ready to stand against and speak against when it comes on the legislative agenda in Western Australia soon. So already law in Victoria comes into force in February next year. WA hot on the heels of what's been happening in Victoria. Uh, You've been running some meetings, uh, ACL and WA, meetings to inform Christians about the proposed laws. What sort of reception have you been getting, Martin? Enormous. It's been quite phenomenal. So Peter Abetz, our West Australian State Director, has been going around to various communities um, and he has been joined by uh, several people <clears throat> led by a guy called James Parker, who, are, uh, from the, uh, who, are, who were formerly in the LGBT community and are now Christians. And, and basically they, they help others who are in the same situation as them. And, of course, they were converted to Christ. Um, They were LGBT. Now they say they're not LGBT. Now that's their life story. Um, And, of course, the media likes to pretend that they don't exist. Well, they do exist, and I've met quite a few of them. Uh, And it's a growing group of people, as you would imagine, with the culture going the way that it is. There's much more people in that community, and they hear the gospel, and they change. Uh, That's not conversion therapy. That's just hearing the gospel and being converted. (laughs) You know, That's just the way that their life goes, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit in a person. So Peter Abetz has been travelling around, giving an analysis of the dangers of these laws. And James has been travelling around saying, and by the way, you know, the laws erase people like me. They make it illegal for people like me to talk about what we want to talk about, to get the help we want to get uh, and it makes it illegal for me to counsel others which is really unfair because there is if we really want people to be able to live out their gender identity and sexual orientation as they please then they should be able to you know be pleased to become christians and to live it out according to god's design which is what james has done with his life uh, and so that's the roadshow that uh, is going on the level of interest has been quite enormous i believe there was five to six hundred ish people in albany which is a small town uh, who came out to hear that. But, of course, it's been the target of quite a bit of activism. Uh, and uh, there was local media reports. They're calling it a conversion therapy roadshow in the media, as if they're going around and doing all these dastardly things or promoting dastardly things against the LGBT community. And uh, and the, so the media against it has been quite strong. And there was a small protest in Albany. Uh, but... You know, the small protests massively overwhelmed by the attendants and the people who are interested in this. And uh, I think it's important that we get the word out there because, gosh, if the community of faith, if Christians in Western Australia can't stand up against this, uh, then what are they going to stand up against? Um, and so uh, really encouraging to see the grassroots engagement there. And, of course, it precedes the arrival of The Truth of It Live in Western Australia, which will be coming in a few weeks as well for some bigger events too. So, yeah, really, really encouraging to see the interest that is growing, and we hope that we can get word out uh, all the more. Well, uh, for Western Australian listeners, keep your eye out for Peter Abetz and uh, an entourage of fabulous speakers talking through this issue because uh, actually you can't be there in person at this stage, Martin, because of uh, the lockdown details that are going on. You're in the ACT. I don't think you've had too many cases of uh, of COVID in the ACT, but I think you're considered a red zone uh, from some states. Uh, you won't be there in person until something like August, like August, if uh, if there's a, a lifting of those restrictions. But uh, a few changes there because your Truth of It Live tour was scheduled to be starting in WA, but uh, you have to put it off put it off for a little while. Uh, yeah, that's right. So the Truth of It Live, Geraldton was supposed to be this uh, Saturday the 17th, and we were looking at Perth, which is going to be quite enormous. It's, it's sold out. 
uh, on Thursday the 22nd. Uh, even though the ACT hasn't had a case of coronavirus in over a year, uh, nonetheless, the WA government won't let us in. Uh, and so we're just going to have to postpone that a little bit. Uh, and everybody who has registered to come will get an SMS to their phone and an email to their inbox in due course just to let them know it's been bumped forward just by a couple of weeks. Uh, so it's nothing drastic. Uh, and that's enough time for us to make the arrangements that we need to make to actually get into the state. But of course, the silver lining is we're very seriously considering uh, upgrading the Perth venue again. So uh, I think Perth has uh, got 2,700 people have registered, but it's just not enough. We're getting calls every day from people saying, help, I want to come. So we're going to make that uh, even bigger. And that'll be, look, that's the silver lining, of course. And maybe that's just the way that it was meant to be. Uh, and we really look forward to bringing the truth of it live to Perth, Geraldton, Albany and Bunbury uh, in August. So not far away at all. Huge events planned in Western Australia. But let's just come back to Victoria for a few moments here. Uh, time is short, but you've got your standing army. Uh, all those volunteers have been putting up their hand and saying, hey, I'll do something practical to help the cause of what's going on. Uh, ACL volunteers, letterboxing flyers across Victoria, because this back to those conversion therapy laws that come into force in February next year, uh, you're getting word out because people in Victoria seem to be unaware that this is actually upon them, that criminalising Christian practice is about to start happening in Victoria. What's, uh, what's the idea uh, that the letterboxing and what sort of reception are you getting there? Well, this is really encouraging, Neil. I mean, we can't rely on the mainstream media to talk about this. Indeed, they never, ever, ever do. Uh, and so how are we going to inform people? Well, of course, ACL is a people-powered movement, and so our people on the ground in Victoria, who are fantastic, have been distributing hundreds of thousands of flyers through Victoria's suburbs and letterboxes to inform the general public of these laws because they do not know that they exist. Uh, it's a great little flyer. It's very punchy. It says, parents like you could be jailed for 10 years under new Victorian law. Now, that sounds like scam and green, but it ain't. It's just the truth. Uh, and it says a new law has just made sure that if your child tells you they're transgender, you are prohibited from encouraging them to wait until they are older before pursuing potentially irreversible therapies. In fact, it could send you to jail. And then it goes on to say, even though 80% of gender dysphoric children desist after puberty, there's been multiple studies which demonstrate at least 80%, some of them as high as 92%. Uh, and so that's the flyer going out there. Thank you so much to all the volunteers on the ground that are making that possible. It's created some storm. It's getting into the newspapers with people saying these reprehensible, shameful anti-trans flyers. Well, if that's all they've got to say and they can't engage with the facts, then so be it. The truth is the truth, uh, and we are telling the truth uh, in Victoria. And we're not going to stop. Um, the Victorian election is late 2022. Uh, that gives us quite a lot of time to get the word out through means like this, and we intend to carry on and keep going and hopefully raise, raise the alarm about what's going on, particularly with the Andrews government in Victoria, which is probably the most anti-Christian state government we've seen in Australia's history. Significant things, and it is a grassroots movement that is underway, that standing army, the group of volunteers who've put up their hands to be part of the Australian Christian lobby and uh, help out with all those things uh, like telephoning 
and letterbox dropping. And uh, it's not too late to be a part of that. Uh, no doubt you'll be welcoming of an extra member or two in that standing army. If people go to acl.org.au, easy enough to put your name down to. Do you have to go through some special training or anything like that, Martin, to be a part of uh, what's happening with the ACL and all these people in various states and vif- different electorates all getting a little bit activist and political? All people need to do if they want to join the movement and be part of what we're doing uh, is go to acl.org.au, hit the volunteer button, put your details in, agree to the terms there, uh, and away you go. The rest will just start happening for you. You'll get a phone call, we'll chat to you, you know, all the rest of it, and you will be in the pool of people who get these opportunities coming into their inbox. And you don't have to do what you don't want to do, and you can do what you want to do. It's very flexible. But yeah, there is a little bit of an onboarding process, but uh, it all happens. Uh, You don't need to stress about it. Uh, Just go to the website, plunk in your details, and away you go. ACL.org.au, some significant things that are continuing to grow, continuing mounting pressure here in Australia, but not without opportunity for you to actually do something about that and something significant, something practical, something in your own local community. Martin Niles, the Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.